0: We're going to be looking this morning at uh, Mark 11 and Romans chapter 4, Uh, Mark 11 and Romans chapter 4. Mark Chapter eleven, verse twenty two. And Jesus answering said to them, Have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Uh, verse twenty three says, uh, Does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. And 22 says, have faith in God. We've said uh, time and time again, uh, but I love this verse. Verse 22, it's actually like the tagline, if you want to call that, of our church, which is have faith in God. Uh, Whatever you're going through, whatever you're believing for, if you're going through something and it seems difficult, have faith in God. If you're wanting to uh, go up another level or to another place, the answer is Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. And the disciples, of course, Jesus said that right after they saw the next day, the fig tree that you cursed, it's withered. And his answer to their question was, have faith in God or lay hold on God's faithfulness or have the God kind of faith. Um, have would be like possess, have it be your very own, take hold of it, make it yours. Have the faith of God, the same faith that God used, the same faith that I used to do that, lay hold of that, grab hold of that, take that. So Jesus isn't going to tell us to do something that we can't do. And Jesus didn't just come up with this Uh, on the spur of the moment and say, you know, I don't really know how that happened. Um, I guess if you say to a mountain, uh, go away, uh, maybe into the sea, and if you believe it, what you just said, it'll come to pass. He was not like just coming up with words on the spur of the moment. Uh, Jesus was saying how faith works. Have faith in God, and let me tell you, here's how you have faith in God. And um, faith in God can go beyond your hope, what you hope will happen. Because uh, as we'll read here in a little bit in Romans, uh, you can actually, Abraham believed in hope when there was no hope, like beyond hope. So if you have a situation that seems hopeless, uh, lacking hope. Like, well, it's just this way. This is, this is what happens. So this is the way it's going to be. Well, it doesn't have to be the way the natural course of things is going to be. But it could still be the way the natural course of things is going to be. It's really more up to you and up to me uh, when we are in charge or in authority in that situation, what's going to be. And the easiest thing for it to be I shouldn't say the easiest, because faith is not hard, it's easy. But the default thing that's going to be is the regular course of the world, the regular course of how a fallen nature works, right? Because uh, Romans, uh, Romans chapter 2 actually tells us that all of creation is groaning because of the curse that came upon not just mankind, but all creation. Um, and the creation is groaning, just like our outward bodies, the Bible says, are groaning for the redemption of uh, these physical bodies that we're in. Uh, Redemption from the sense of, uh, you know, of course, um, we're getting older, and if Jesus tarries, we're going to die, be transferred, really translated. uh, You know, we talk about the term death, and it's interesting. There there is really no, like, cessation of existence. That just doesn't happen. Um, When God creates, it's kind of forever, and so it's just a matter of where your address is going to be forever. And um, thank God that our address can be uh, in his kingdom uh, and in his, uh, as part of his family. So um, the answer to any situation, to any problem, is faith in God. And uh, let's turn over to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Love this passage of Scripture. And... Um, But I had it marked. I guess I don't. Romans chapter 4. This, of course, is talking about the faith of our father of the faith, Abraham. Like, not like Brother Hagin, but Abraham. Jeremy made a smile, so I thought. What shall we say then? Let's start with verse 1. I'm going to actually read the whole chapter. What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, in other words, by doing this thing, that thing, this right, that right, I, I, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do, read my Bible, prayed, went to church, um, uh, gave money to the poor, uh, tithed, gave offerings. Uh, if Abraham was justified by those kind of works or by works, he has whereof to glory but not before God. Well, that means like he can say, hey, look at me because I have done this. Like from the very beginning, I never missed the tithe check. I never missed a church service. I read my Bible every day. I prayed every day. Uh, you know, I prayed for 30 minutes a day or however long you pray. Um, if that's how he's coming to God, then he could say, hey, look at me. Uh, but what we're getting ready to learn here or to see again, if you've already seen it the first time, is that that is not the way of faith in the kingdom of God. That's actually the way, uh, really, to experience um, mess-ups. Because no man can, or woman, can actually fulfill all of the law without making a mistake. You don't have the ability. I don't have the ability. You may do everything right and mess up in one little thing, and the Bible says, then you're guilty of all of it. Uh, So really, then you're kind of like, well, why should I even try? Okay, so that's where a lot of people are at. Verse three, for what, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So the scripture doesn't say Abraham did all of the law and that was how he got righteous or was counted righteous. It says he believed God. He believed, what did God say? Uh, I have made you the father of many nations, right? Um, verse four, now to him that works is the reward not reckoned as grace, but debt. Okay, so what does that mean? That means like, you know, if you're working, it's kind of like, oh, I hope they give me something and they've hired you. No, no, they have a debt. When you work for that company, they have a debt to you, right? So if anybody that has been hired by a company um, goes to work for them and they say, we're gonna pay you such such amount of money if every two weeks or every twice a month or whatever your pay schedule is, and they don't pay you, I would venture to say that you would go ask someone a question. Uh, I have when I worked at a, a business like that and said, hey, um, what, uh, what happened with the pay? <laughs> and it was a church, right? But I'm, I'm kind of like, well, this is what we agreed upon. So uh, are you going to pay me? And it was just an accounting like, oh, we, we lost this paperwork or that paperwork or whatever. But, you know, I still went and wanted to find out like what is going on. <laughs> Uh, because if i am decided to work for free, then that's one thing, but when I have not decided to work for free, my children would like to eat. (laughs) So to him that works, uh, it's not a grace but a debt, okay? So why is he saying that? What does that have anything to do with? Well, that has to do with if you're working for God in the kingdom of God, and you're working at it, and your position there is because you work at it, uh, you're not accessing the grace of God, you're actually accessing what you can do through your own power, and then you actually don't receive what God has, which is His grace. You receive what you can do. So this is this is a, a very very significant subject because for any of us, whether you like, you know, um, listen to Brother Hagen every day, Andrew Womack every day, Kenneth Copeland every day. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Keith Moore every day. Um, Pastor Tim every day, um, if you're alive in the flesh, your flesh will want to get into works and doing what you can do because that's what your flesh wants to really accomplish. And um, it is such a life of freedom to live by faith and access the grace of God. Because if if we're not living by faith, then we don't have the ability to access God's grace because the way we access the grace of God is through having faith in God. And of course, we'll we'll read that here in a minute. Um, Verse six, "'Even as David also described the blessedness of the man "'to whom God imputes righteousness without works, "'saying, blessed are those whose iniquities or sins "'are forgiven and whose sins are covered. "'Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin.'" Uh, come this blessedness then by the circumcision only or under uh, upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? Uh, when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. So, reckon, of course, is like an accounting term, which means like you're going to reconcile your checkbook or reconcile your bank account and find out, okay, here's how much money I had in the account. Here's how much money went out in these portions. Let me add it up and see if it reconciles. Okay? So um, how is righteousness, God declaring us righteousness, how does that happen? Does that happen because God looks down and says, oh, you did this and this and this and this and this and this? No, it doesn't happen that way. It happens by believing God, as the Bible says what Abraham did, which is just having faith in what God said and having faith in God. And he did that before God actually gave the sign of circumcision. So, of course, they're having kind of like a, you know, Paul has to write to the Romans because they're trying to, like, get through into the kingdom of God, into the righteousness of God through uh, saying, like, you know what? You need to go be circumcised because now that you're a believer, even though you're not a Jew, you need to be circumcised in order to get all this stuff. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. This isn't how it works. This uh, This is the faith system now. Uh, verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of righteousness of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So he had the, fa- uh, the uh, faith uh, and righteousness uh, reckoned to him before he was circumcised, that it might, he might be the father of all of them that believe, uh, though they be not circumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed to them also. That's us. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also who walk in the steps of Uh, of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Again, God is promising this to Abraham, not because he's a goody two-shoes or because he's doing all of this right stuff, but because he believed God. And you know, like Abraham like lied about his wife being his sister and you could kind of go on and on. So he was not like um, perfect for if they, which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise is made of none effect because the law works wrath for where there is no law. There's no transgression. Okay. Uh, What that basically means is um, the law works wrath. That means if there's no rules, then nobody gets in trouble for breaking the rules. There's no consequence for not breaking the rules. Right, So people just kind of do whatever they want, and they say, I do whatever I want, and some people, I think, kind of want that. But that's not going to happen. Verse 14, For if they were at your faith be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made in an effect, because the law works wrath, for where there is no law, there's no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith... Verse 16, that it might be by, gra- by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all of the seed, not only to those which are of the law, but uh, to those which is of faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. So verse 16, it's of faith that it might be by grace. Right? So he's saying, well, we'll read, and I guess he'll expound it better than me. As it's written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quicknessed the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, uh, when he was about a 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that that which he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was written not for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for Uh, Our offenses and raised again for our justification. Go back to verse 17. As uh, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations. So he had this hope of being uh, the father of many nations or even of being you know, a father with his wife, Sarah. And he believed in hope against that hope because he was like 100 years old. So there was no hope that he and Sarah would conceive a child uh, because of uh, their age and uh, their inability and in the natural sense at that age to produce children. And verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now one translation says, Having considered, he considered not his own body. So what does that mean? Well, that means you could look, and in his circumstance, he could look, and he'd say, I'm 100 years old, and my wife is almost 100 years old. She's way beyond childbearing years, and I'm even really beyond it. But having considered that, he considered not. So it's not a matter for us to just say, like, my body is not 100 years old. So uh, there's no problem. No, it's having considered it. I love, love, uh, let me give you the exact reference because it is one of my favorite scriptures. I should have that um, number memorized. But Psalm 119 verse 128 says, Therefore I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. And so you can see like there's many ways of the world, many thoughts of the world. And so one thought would be when you're a 100-year-old man, you're not going to produce offspring. Or when you're in your upper 90s as a woman, you're not going to produce offspring. But having considered that, he didn't ignore it, but he considered it and then he considered it not. In other words, okay, this is what the natural world, the natural system, my natural body actually says is that it's too late. It's impossible. It will never happen. I understand that. But I esteem his words above everything else to be right. And so what he said was, I have made you the father of many nations. Right? Remember Mark 11, 22, 23, 24? Uh, You will have whatever you say when you believe. Receive. Uh, You will receive. So that's acting just like God because what God did with Abraham, our father of the faith, he said, I have made you the father of many nations. Well, he doesn't see his offspring. He doesn't see that he's uh, able to do what God has said at all. So everything that he sees, all of his inputs, except for the word that God spoke to him, are contrary to the word that God spoke to him. And so Abraham you know, after a little jaunt of his wife telling him to try to accomplish it on his own, (laughs) says, no, I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to trust God. So having considered, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And I love that. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God. What does that mean? like to stagger, like to stagger at the promise of God. Well, um, the best illustration I can think of that is, have you ever been pulled over for drunk driving? Or No, don't raise your hand. I was pulled over for drunk driving one time, but I was not drunk driving. I was very sleepy, and they thought I was drunk driving. So I actually have had the, I don't know if it's a pleasure or not, but I got to walk this line, right? He said, like, there's a little white line on the side of the, Of the uh, road, and I want you. I'm thinking, I cannot believe this. The guy thinks I'm drunk like I'm. uh, You know, put one foot in front of the other, walk on this line, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it's like not a problem. And um, I didn't stagger, I just walked that line. But I can tell you what, had I started to walk that line, and then I'm kind of like, okay, I can, like, you know, the closest thing I can relate to that. is I, I uh, and I don't know what year it was, maybe 09-ish or something like that. Uh, I had a, a video department, and we, so we have like a volunteer thing, and so we went to this lake. This person offered us to go to a lake with them. And so, long story short, I was wakeboarding behind the boat. And I maybe my second time wakeboarding, so I'm wakeboarding, and it's got like a tip here. And somehow, I don't know how it happened, but the tip went in the water first, and I don't know how fast we were going. Melody and Jeremy were there, and other people. And so it just flipped, and I went in the water, and I hit like head first like in the water. And um, a lady that was in the boat thought I was dead, because uh, I was underwater for a long time, and all I could remember was, okay, just get to the surface. Just get to the surface, if you can just get to the surface. So I'm coming to the surface, and I get to the surface, and all of a sudden, I lift myself up and then I like lost all energy and went into shock and just like pfft, fell back. Anyhow, I got a concussion. And when I had the concussion, it was like uh I'm normally quick about uh who's the president and uh those type of things. And uh some people aren't, like you know, some people don't, but I kind of know that. And so Uh, I learned something about head injuries and that is like at least my particular head injury and when I talked to people They said maybe it's kind of similar is that you think that you're okay Even though you may really not be So they're trying to convince me i'm not okay And i'm supposed to fly to charlotte for a business trip the next morning at 5 a.m And my wife's like, I don't think you should go. I said I am just fine. I am just fine and so um we get to the hospital because they finally convinced me to go to the hospital because I'm like, I do not need to go to the hospital. We were camping in a tent and they got me in the tent and they're like, what would you do? Try to have me count backwards or something. And I, I couldn't do it. And I like started crying. I'm like, what is wrong with me? So I get into the hospital and I'm still, because I have an actual concussion. So I think I'm okay. And so uh, they say, who is the president of the United States? And I'm going to let you know I'm in on my thoughts. And so I was like, well, George H.W. Bush is out of office. And after him, Bill Clinton was in office. And after him, George Bush was in office. And after him, Barack Obama. I said, Barack Obama. And it probably took about that long. And and Melody said, see? No, no, I said, see? And she said, see? What are you talking about? That took you forever. I said, no, I just had to think through it all. Well, I thought, I really thought like I'm processing like normal because normally all those thoughts might go through my head or with something like that, I might say Barack Obama-like, by the way. Um, But still, I I think a lot, so I might have all those thoughts go through my head. And so that just reminded me of when you're trying to walk and like a drunk person's like, I'm okay, I'm really fine, you know, I can do it. So when you're staggering, you're supposed to walk like this straight line. And the officer wants to see, are you gonna walk that straight line or not? So when you're staggering in your faith, Let's use healing. And you're saying, um, you know, by his stripes I'm healed. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. And so you're walking like this, but when you start staggering, you're like, but I don't feel good. Maybe I'm not going to be able to go to work today. Maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe I missed something. What if I, like, I didn't confess enough, and then you're actually staggering. But Abraham, and that's called getting into doubt, what the Bible calls getting into doubt. But Abraham... Staggered not at the promise of God, through unbelief. So he didn't. He wasn't staggering all like this. Having considered, he considered not, and then he started walking the steps of faith. I have made you the father of many nations, right? So uh, I am healed. Okay. So the next verse says, "But was uh, the second half of the verse." Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, That's a, yet, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's room. Twenty. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So how are we strong in faith? By giving glory to God in the midst of what we're doing. So how are you gonna like walk this police line? In faith is you're giving glory to God. So if he pulls you over, you say, I can do all things. <laughs> You walk through, and you say, my God has said, I have made you the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. This is working, and my children are on the way. And I actually see not just my first heir, but my second heir, my third generation, my fourth generation, my fifth generation. And when you're doing that, you start to give glory to God. So what you're saying is, let me take it back to healing, is... I thank you that it doesn't matter that I feel worse now than before I started praying. I thank you that I'm not moved by what I feel, but I'm moved by your word. And your word says, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. And your word says that Jesus himself in his own body took my sicknesses, took my infirmities, and lifted them off of me. And your word says that if I... Uh, through faith and patience I inherit the promises of God and your word says it's not of works lest anyone should boast so it's not something that I have to do or that I have done it's something that Jesus did so I access that grace that gift of God by faith and my faith is activated how is your faith activated by speaking and doing because James actually tells us that faith without works you still have faith but it's what kind of faith Dead faith or inactive faith—it's a faith that's not accomplishing anything for you. Um, but the kind of faith that we have is and should be the condition of our faith should be living and vibrant. Well, how do we have a living, vibrant faith? How does faith come? Yes, Romans ten seventeen: Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Or faith, you could say, is inspired, awakened by hearing the word of God. And so uh, you can maybe relate this if there's uh, 9 11, when 9 11 happened, uh, all the news, all the channels that even weren't news went to what? 9 11. So all of the input, or pretty much all the input most of us were getting, was what's happening? Is this an attack? Is this a war? Where's the president? What's going on? And then maybe if you have family in New York, where's my family? What's going on? And so all of your thoughts are around that. Well, same thing like now. If you're watching a, if you're watching a lot of election stuff or something like that, you're going to have a lot of thoughts and stuff that's filled with whatever, other, excuse me, whatever input you're putting in. And so the word of God is simply telling us that faith is awakened or faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And actually it says by the rhema of Christos, which rhema is like the word of God that comes alive to you. It's really when you get revelation from God, you see something and then you're like, I never saw that before. What is that? That's how faith comes. You hear that, you get it. And that comes really by the anointed word that you hear or the word anointed or smeared on by the Holy Ghost. Like I had said before, when I was, before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I would read the word of God and I would get some light but it was like, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, it was like a floodlight came in. And I'm like, almost, you know, have you ever felt, I don't, maybe you don't do this, but I'm like, Lord, I respect you and I love you, but can you just slow down the revelation just a little bit? Because I feel like I'm missing it, right? Because my head wants to like pick up on everything that's happened in my spirit. And I'm like, I, I don't want you to stop it because I, I'm enjoying this. But like, this is a lot. This is a lot to uh, comprehend. But when that anointing comes, faith is really present. Because you're like, I see this, and I've never seen it before. And it's like, remember when you were first born again? You saw that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that just by simply receiving him, uh, I can just speak for myself, even though my head didn't understand it, because my head was like, show me all the particulars. Like, how, how is this going to happen? But my heart overrode my head, because my heart had this pull, and this tug, and this desire. Like, I got to be, like, in there. I got, I, something, something is not right. And I, I need that. And then once I uh, prayed the prayer and received salvation, received a, a new nature and a new life, it was like all of the burden, all of the weight just lifted off. I still didn't understand it, but I had the peace of God. And that peace of God just like led me right through because then I'm, I'm kind of settled. You know, before that, I can remember like every altar call, you're just like, you just have like this tug and you're like, I can't wait till this is over. I can't wait till this is over. Um, But uh, the Lord is ever always patient and faithful and always drawing and always desiring us to come to him. So he was patient with me. I actually prayed uh, the prayer of salvation with my older brother. So uh, that was awesome. But he did not stagger at the promise of God and um, having considered his own body, he considered it not. So the devil really wants us to get us back into what Romans was talking about, which is works, like we're doing this. Uh, We're the ones that are accomplishing it. So all of a sudden we'll see the promise of God or hear the promise of God and uh, we stagger at it or we consider it and we feel like, well, because I considered it, I'm a failure. Uh, that's why I love that translation. It says, having considered his own body, he considered it not. I think that's an even greater faith because having considered, some people maybe just have like uh, uh, blindly, like they don't really know what they're doing, what they're getting into. Have you ever done that? Like I've been unconsciously led by the spirit of God to do certain things. And um, I'm apparently the reason he needed to do that because if I knew those details, I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, but having considered his own body, and considered his wife's body, and considered that it is impossible. He said, all right, bring it on. It's impossible, but you are God. Yeah. Yeah. So in our lives, that's what God wants us to do, Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. No matter what the impossibility is, no matter what the challenge is, that we stop and we say, okay, you know, if you need to do that for your personality, whatever, say, okay, yes, that is impossible. But I know my God is the God of the impossible. He makes the impossible possible. And he makes that possible in my life and in your life, personal. In other words, he's the personal God of the impossible for every one of us. And when we have faith in him, there's no limit to what he can do in our lives. And what he does in our lives actually affects the lives of those around us. And when people will let you, you can lead them right to faith in God. And you can watch their situation uh, go way beyond anything that they could do uh, and way beyond how they have messed up their own life. Sometimes when you're close to a situation, uh, family or friends, or you've just been around this job for a long time or this situation for a long time, it's easy to really give up hope. And I would encourage every one of us this morning, having considered consider not. Or as Psalm 119 says, esteem the words of God higher than your experiences, than your familiarity. Because you may know that person's personality uh, in a measure, and maybe you feel like in a large measure, but God is greater than our personalities. God is greater than their personalities. And God can make a change where no man can make a change. And God can make a change uh, where we don't even realize we need a change. And that is the goodness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God, Uh, that he doesn't leave us alone. Uh, In other words, not lonely alone, but he doesn't leave us the way he found us. He changes from the inside first. And then he says, now you get in my word and be transformed and watch your life turn around. Watch your perspective turn around. Watch what you used to say, like, that's impossible. Now you're like, that's no big deal for my God. Not that's no big deal for me, but that's no big deal for my God. Because my faith is not in me. My faith is not in how I can fix it. But my faith is in him and how he has already fixed it. He's already made provision before that person messed up or before you messed up or before this situation happened. He has already made provision. He's already made a way. Uh, that's just the, the awesomeness and the goodness of God. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you have given us your faith that we can have faith in you with. Father, we choose to trust you. We choose to follow you. We choose to put you above all of our circumstances, all of the attacks to the devil, all of our own thoughts, all of our own figuring it out. Father, we choose to honor you above everything else and honor your word above everything else. Father, I pray this week as we go that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding of your word, the word that you have planted into our hearts today. Father, may your word produce 30, 60, 100-fold in our lives. And Father, may we be fruit-bearing members of your family to give forth your love, give forth your light and your nature and your life to every person we come in contact with, Father. We ask this week for great opportunities to love on the world through the love that you've put inside of us. Father, we thank you for um, everything that you have given us, everything that you have entrusted to us. Father, we pray that we would see in a greater way than we've ever seen before, that we'd have more light than we, we have ever had before. The great inheritance that you have Um, stored up for us and that you are pouring out upon us Father we thank you for your ability living in us and through us thank you that the greater one greater than anything that would come against us lives on the inside of us thank you that you are our provision you are our provider you are our healing you are our life and you are our Lord say this with me Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord over every situation in my life Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is Lord over my finances. Jesus is Lord over my body. Jesus is Lord over my mind. And Jesus is Lord over my relationships. And Jesus is Lord over my family. In Jesus' name, Amen.